Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If we grumble and we're in the will of God, We're saying that God doesn't do all things right. Whoa. They grumbled against the owner. You didn't do something right. But we learned from our very first book, Genesis, does the judge of the earth always do right? Yes. Do you believe that God is just, generous, and faithful in all that he does? Scripture states that the Lord is right in all that he does. Today, Pastor Mark will study the parable of the workers in the vineyard to compare how we often can judge God. We get ourselves into a very dangerous place as Christians when we start to tell God what is right and wrong. We must be careful to always trust that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Believe today that God has your best interest at heart. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he begins his message entitled, God is Just Generous and Faithful. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19. When God comes to your mind, what image do you have of God? What do you think of God? A.W. Tozer says the most important thing that can ever happen in our lives is what we think of God. There's a myriad of reactions to that. Our teaching today is focused on that. The Bible speaks about God and his character. It's very simple, it's concise, and it's incredibly powerful. Genesis 18.25 says, Shall not the judge, God, of all the earth do right? In other words, does God always do the right thing? Even when your life is kind of upside down, you're a Christ follower, can you trust that God's doing the right thing? In our world, if you ask that question, which is really a statement, shall the judge of all the earth do right? Well, the answer is obviously yes. In our world, do the judges, the prosecutors of our world Always do right. Here's a picture to remind you that's not true. As you and I look at the scripture, 
We're going to be encouraged today to know that our God is not like an earthly judge. Our God's a heavenly judge. He always does the right thing. We begin Matthew 19. We begin there because chapter 20, Jesus gives us a parable. It's a very difficult parable. A parable is simply a story that we can relate to that has a spiritual application. In Matthew 19, Peter, Jesus had been speaking about rewards in heaven, and Peter, well, he made this statement, this question to Jesus. Then Peter said to him, verse 27, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? In other words, Peter said, hey, we're followers of you, Jesus. When we get to heaven, what's in it for us? The answer is a parable. And I want to give you the two key principles of the parable, then a bottom line. So it will make sense to you as you and I go through it this morning. It has great application for us here. Number one, this parable emphasizes, first, our right attitude while serving God. Number two, we're going to learn about the character of God. What does that mean? How does God respond? Now, this story that we're going to tell is, well, it's really not about salvation. You're going to see that these workers work. We don't work for salvation. Salvation is a gift. Second, it's not even about specifically about rewards, because in this particular story, every single person gets the same reward. Well, that's not true. We know that. Certainly, uh, we're all going to be given different rewards. Here's the bottom line. You want to write this. I'll explain it over the next 45 minutes. Christ followers, here's an attitude check, should be grateful for the privilege of serving God. Why? Because he's just and he's generous and he's faithful and he's very gracious. So as you go through the story, attitude check for you and me, learning about the character of God. How does it function? How does it work? We begin chapter 20, Vera, chapter 20, verse 1. For the, circle these words, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God. You see, understanding this principle, the kingdom of heaven operates very different than our earthly world, our world of finances. Jesus is not laying down some principles about union and management disagreeing, how to come up with a solution. On the contrary, the principles of the world that you and I live with, of course, we know that he who works the longest normally gets the most pay, and rightly so. But that's not what this story is about at all. This parable is about how God loves us and offers his grace in very different ways to people who seem to Well, don't deserve it, but that's really what grace is. So as we go through this, remember, this isn't about Harris or Walmart or the hospital. You work these number of hours, you get this. This is a spiritual application. So for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. So we have an owner of a vineyard. 
in Jerusalem, Judea, somewhere in Israel, the workday would start about 6 a.m. He goes out, he goes to the day laborers, there are these guys, they're there early, they're ready, uh, they're showing some, uh, obviously some enthusiasm because they're at 6 a.m. And he agreed to pay them a denarius, a day's wage, a normal day's wage. We're going to upgrade the Bible story, and we're just going to say this. He agreed to pay them $10 for the day, $10 for the day. And he sent them into his vineyard. Now, notice, this is very important you get this. The owner gets there, here's these guys, and there's probably a little dialogue. And the owner says, I'll pay you $10, how much? $10 for how long? For the whole day. Normal days, 12 hours. These men could have what? Take it or leave it. They agreed to do it. So they said, okay, fine. And in essence, they shake on the deal. We'll work for $10 for the whole day. Well, about the third hour, 9 a.m., verse 3, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you Aha. Uh-huh. I'll pay you, what's it say? Whatever is, whatever is right. Now, I want you to stop there. You're out of a job. And tomorrow you go down to the, well, maybe you went to Harris or you've gone to Holmes or you've gone to Walmart or a store. And you have an, a really kind of an appointment with the person that can hire you. And you sit down before them and you give them all your deals and they give you all their deals. And they say this. You're hired, and you go good, and you, you kind of say like, uh, how, how much does this pay? How much are you going to pay me? And that person says to you, I'll, I'll pay you whatever's right. How you feeling? I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, what if, what if it's right to you, but it's not right to me? Well, that's what happens in this story. Whatever's right. They're trusting this vineyard owner to do the right thing. Well, at 9 a.m. they do that. He says, I'll pay you whatever's right. So verse 5 says, so they went. And he went out again at the 6th hour, 12 noon. And at the ninth hour, 3 p.m., did the same thing. Now, it could be that why is he going back five times to get workers? It could be that in the morning everything looked good. He just needed these guys. And over three or four days, he was going to harvest all these grapes. But he he watched the the weather channel at 8 a.m. and it said, huge thunderstorm coming in. So he goes back on. He says, man, I can't wait three days. I'm going to have to get it all done today. So he goes out again at 9 and 12 and 3. Well, look at verse 6. About the 11th hour, 5 p.m., one hour before the day's work is done, He went out and still found others standing around, and he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go, same agreement, work in my vineyard. In other words, I'll pay you whatever's right. Now, we don't know why they were standing around at 5 a.m. I don't even know why they're there at 5 p.m., one hour before the work, what are they expecting? There is some allegations and some ideas and some, well, neat biblical 
principles, but they're, they're very hard because a, a parable usually has one key principle. I gave you that. And if you dig too much, you come up with these weird things. But it could very well make sense this. This could be analog, analogous to the tax collectors and the harlots we see in Matthew 21 when we get there in a few weeks, where they're invited into the kingdom. But the other people looking at them go, why would you invite harlots into the kingdom of God? So it could be this is an allusion to these workers who were rejected as unworthy, but this vineyard owner goes, you're fine with me, come on. And if that's true, it tells us something very important about the character of God. Verse 8, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers, pay them their wages, beginning, here's a key, with the last ones hired, the 5 p.m. workers, and going on to the first. Now, the workers who were hired about the 11th hour at 5 p.m. came, and each received a denarius. A denarius was a day's full wage. They got, the workers that started at 5 p.m. got 10 bucks. Now, verse 10 says, so when those who came were hired first, they expected to receive more. Now look at me for a moment. You're there, you're watching this transaction. You've worked 12 hours. The guy's paying the people. The guys that came at 5 p.m., Get 10 bucks. You're thinking, hmm, I work 12 hours. You get your new iPhone out and you calculate it. And as you start calculating it, 12 times 10 is how much? 120. You take your iPhone, you call home. Susie, forget dinner. We're going out, baby. I thought I was getting 10 bucks. We're going to get 120 bucks. You know the little cart we're looking at with the donkey? We can buy it. I mean, these guys are ecstatic. They know it's going to be that way. I mean, the guy that worked one hour got, the, got what they were promised. So they're very excited. But notice it says, but each one of them also received 10 bucks. So the guy that's worked 12 hours gets 10. The guy that works one hour gets in. How about some emotions? What do you think's happening? Well, let me give you, from my viewpoint, the response. This is the Balmer translation. You just have to look at me. Vieira, just look at me. This is my response. I'm the worker that's worked 12 hours. I get 10 bucks. The other group worked one hour. They get 10 bucks. What is that response? Well, let me read it to you. This is my verse 11. Being mature followers of Christ, they they understood and were so happy for the other workers who had worked one hour but received the same pay that they had. In fact, they simply praised the owner for their 10 bucks. How many know verse 11 isn't going to read that way? Verse 11 reads like this. When they received the 10 bucks, they began, circle these two words, to grumble against the landowner. 
Now, this word grumble in the Greek is a very interesting word. I put it on the overhead for you. I'm not into Greek. But it's a word called ganguzo. Ganguzo, to murmur, to mutter, to grumble in a low tone. Ganguzo. You got to do it low. Ganguzo. Now turn to your neighbor and just go, gun, ganguzo. Go right ahead. Now, Jesus is using this. Now, when we grumble, why do we grumble? Well, we grumble because we think something isn't fair. It isn't right. Well, we're going to learn about the character of God, and then we're going to learn about our character. One of the things you're going to learn about, if we grumble, listen very closely, if we grumble and we're in the will of God, we're saying that God doesn't do all things right. Whoa. They grumble against the owner. You didn't do something right. But we learn from our very first book, Genesis, does the judge of the earth always do right? Yes. So there's a misunderstanding that we're going to have to reconcile. So grumbling should not be part of our walk. Of course, we just raised our hand. We're guilty. Well, what did they grumble about? Look at verse 12. These men who were hired last, and they only worked one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. Let's put it in a Florida context. Hey, we started at 6 a.m. replacing the stupid roof for you. It's hot as you know what here in Florida. And we worked 12 hours. And you then hired these guys who came, never even got on the roof at 5 p.m., just helped us clean up. They got the same money we got. What's up with that? Well, now, if you're in the business world, would this viewpoint be correct? Tell me. Absolutely, it would be correct. If you worked 12 hours and got the same pay as the guy who worked an hour, you would have a complaint. But this is a spiritual application. Notice what the owner says. But he answered one of them. Here's something important. Friend. In the original language, that friend is a mild rebuke. I mean, he could have really laid it on him. But he's pretty gentle. Friend. I am not being, circle this word, unfair to you. See, they were saying he was unfair. He says, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree at 6 a.m. in the morning to work for one denarius for 10 bucks for the day? Now, did they? Had they? Yes, they had. So this owner says, I'm not being unfair to you. I'm not cheating you. I'm not defrauding you. We agreed 12 hours ago on this. I've been fair. I've been just, I've been faithful. I gave you what we agreed upon. We have trouble with this. And that's why this key principle you must write. God's ways are not man's ways. The way God works, the way this vineyard owner works, we don't even think that way. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts, God speaking, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
See, I can't judge God by the way I think or my ways. He thinks and he acts in a way that simply transcend anything I can even imagine. Very often in the Bible, we have a picture of how different God thinks. Who am I, a creation, to say to God, you didn't do this right? One time in Job, God asked these questions. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, Job, because I have some questions for you, and, well, you must answer them. Where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundation and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy? As, as we look at the character of God, we discover God is very different than man. You know, when God looks at us, he looks very different than I look. When I get ready to make a decision, like all of us, we, we look at the circumstances, we put the pluses and the minus, we kind of go through it and do the calculating. We kind of, here's what's in front of us, here's what's going to take place. God has two different aspects of that looking. When he looks at a situation, he goes past the external. And the Bible says he looks at the heart of man. See, I can't see the heart of man. He knows the motive. He knows why I've asked for this. Second, when I make a decision... I'm, I'm kind of clueless about the future, the future. So I'm making it with, I mean, I'm looking at the future, but I'm, I'm really making it with today's information. How about God? Well, he's outside of time. So when God makes a decision, he knows down here what's going to happen. And very often, because God's ways are not my ways, when God says no to a certain situation in my life and I grumble, it's because I don't know that eventually his way is way better than my way. I've discovered this. Even though I, well, sometimes I still grumble. I've discovered this, that if God says no to this plan, that simply means he's got something better in store for me. See, now, if you have a negative context with that, that means you don't believe that God will do the right thing for you. You need to get straight. He always does the right thing. Let me give you an illustration. God's ways are not our ways. One day, word came to Jesus that his close friend, Lazarus, was dying. Mary and Martha's sister, Jesus spent a lot of time in their homes in Bethany. He was with the disciples not far from where they were. The word came to Jesus, obviously, so he would go and heal Lazarus. Christ followers should be grateful for the privilege of serving God because he is just, generous, faithful, and gracious. Today, Pastor Mark taught us about the true character of the God we serve. Almost everyone has had a boss or authoritative figure they didn't like. What a relief it is for those who have placed their faith and hope in Christ Jesus to gladly serve a master who is always just, generous, and faithful. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. As Christ followers, we must understand that God's ways are not our ways. We must know that regardless of what situations we face, He ultimately has our best interest at heart. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners how trusting in the unknown with God is far from ridiculous. We can live at peace knowing that the God of the universe is all-powerful and much wiser than ourselves. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting